2: You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that usually means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. Make way for Dark Helmet. All rise in the presence of Dark Helmet. Every week, I'll be talking with leaders in and out of F3, including regular appearances for my shared leadership team. If I'm going
3: to do this... I'll need my news team at my side. News team! Assemble!
2: We're here for candid conversations, to answer questions from around F3 Nation, to pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. And And we're we're back.
4: back!
2: Hello and welcome back to the three boot the the reboot of the reboot it's, I'm telling you it's 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 sticking it's sticking um, I heard I, somebody
1: bring it up just the other day is that right like thank god for the three boot
2: yeah I know it's nobody a it's a real breath of fresh air <laughs> nobody's a podcast universe
1: <laughs> oh welcome
2: back to the three boot of the 43 feet podcast as always my name is frank schwartz I haven't changed it, so yes, always, that is my name, uh, and affectionately known in the gloom as Dark Helmet, the president of this here F3 Nation, uh, and honored to serve uh, in the time that I have and in the time that I will continue to do so. Joining me this week on The 4-3 is a select number. I'm just giving bing and Bada bing aren't here and so <laughs> we're just going to give them crap for the first few minutes because that's how it goes uh Bada bing who is the head of uh it and tech for f3 nation out of jacksonville florida uh he's 40 years old and he uh he wrote us right before this started that he had to give some emotional support to his wife. And there's a lot of debate happening right before mm. we hit record mm-hmm. as to what exactly that actually means. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Pax, feel free to write in with your suggestions as to what you think that might actually mean. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: you can send it-, <laughs> yeah, it to, <laughs> <set> it to <laughs> afternoon delight at f 3 nationcom uh, oh but if you did want to send us something like if you had a suggestion of a thing you'd like to hear us talk about on the uh, four three here uh you know carve out that next set of leadership and and kind of give some suggestions and ideas as to what that might look like if you want to hear us discuss something do send us a send us a little noty note uh to darkhelmet at f3nation.com or hello kitty at f3nation.com uh you can send it, that's probably the easiest send it to those one of those two and and we'll make sure it gets on here uh and just as as quickly as I uh, besmirched him for being late and the reasons for which he did uh, decide to be late, here he joins us now. Uh, his name is Chris Gambino. He's painfully handsome, and he is 40 years old. He's out of South Beach. Uh, South Beach uh, South, <laughs> I don't know where that came from exactly, uh, but he's out of uh, the Jacksonville area, and he's, uh, as we mentioned, the head of IT and tech for F3 Nation. Welcome, bada bing.
3: Hey, good to be with you, fellas. Good to see you again for our weekly.
2: Indeed. I can't wait till you listen back to the episode and the first part where oh. you didn't get to hear this yet because, oh boy. Anyway, uh, also <laughs> joining me on the podcast this morning as part of the shared leadership team is the helloist of all kitties. Mm. What
1: are you going to do? What are you going to do, Gambino? What hey, are you hey. going to do?
2: That's right. You got Gambino. You got Giudice. Yeah. You got you got all the Italians here. Uh, his name is Brian Jodis. He is 41, no 42, 41 years old and his F3 name is Hello Kitty.
1: Yes long time, long time and I'm uh, I know. It's great great to be back. It really is great to be back.
2: It is. It is. Uh, and lots of good things uh, we're going to hear from, uh, from him and, and if you haven't tuned in to the COT in a while, you've been really uh, missing out. I will tell you that for sure. The preeminent genius amongst us all uh look at the three that are left to be introduced looking with bated breath Ooh, must be must be me must it's got to be me it is it's you it's you uh steve schaefer 57 gmo uh, st louis head of sectors for f3 nation welcome
5: what's up darkest glad to be here my brother happy monday to you all hopefully it's not a week of mondays as mine has started out oh i hate that i said something out i'm getting burned out here man we got to. oh oh i feel a segue coming on
2: i uh I told somebody uh, a couple of days ago. I was like, "You ever had one of those days?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I said, "I've been having one for about six months. I'm like just <laughs> having like a one of those days for six months." Uh, also joining us on the podcast, the head of leadership development for F3 Nation, he is one Seth Brown, forty-seven years old, out of the ENC. He's a pirate through and through, Mister Bono.
4: I'm a I'm a pirate. I'm a Tar Heel. I'm a Wolf Pack, depending on what team is playing on any given Saturday. How about that? And and I have been told, talking about being tired and burnout, GMO, I've been told already that my oldest daughter, who is going to college on Wednesday, wants to watch a movie tonight. So my bride says, I don't know what you have planned for F3, but just know your daughter already is expecting to uh, watch a movie with you late tonight. And I'm like – not a problem. I'm there, baby. So, my uh,
2: concentrica will remain in order. Uh, Bono, you, I was, and it's funny you mentioned it because I was going to ask you because uh, I, I thought I remembered that you had a, your oldest is going to uh to college, right? And yeah. she is, she's a pirate.
4: No, she's actually going to Meredith, so she is an, an avenging <gasps> angel. How about that? Geez Louise, yeah, so <laughs> she's, she's running cross country and track with them, so we're, we're already scoping out gear today that
2: they have to get a little D, d3 school but uh it's fun no that's so awesome it's really very fun. good and and yeah. and as much as because i'm doing the same thing in a couple of weeks sending my first off she's going to be uh they don't have a mascot so i don't know what i don't know what they are a potato
4: Hodian, right it, it, i
2: guess yeah, a so she's not an Idaho bag. I guess that's uh, no, don't
4: get a hoe
3: bag.
2: Get a yeah, Potato. Yeah, a big yeah. Potato I think there. that's what she must be. Yeah, but uh, so we'll see how that goes anyway. Uh, last but definitely not least, uh, my friend and yours, the weasel shaker for F3 Nation, Mr. Eric Nowak, 42, the gobbler. I, I think that may have been the first week you got all of our ages right. Uh, I really have just kind of been pretending to get them wrong, but <laughs> <I kind of laughs> eh, I'll mess them up next week again. I'm not that smart. It's all right. I'm doing it's all right. good to yeah. get your names. Glad to have you, man. Oh, I'm
0: glad to be seen. I know it.
2: Uh, this podcast right here with all of us on it,
0: right uh,
2: across this great distance uh, that we are. Is one of maybe one of the only, but certainly one of the positive things that did come out of the pandemic, and that is that we got used to this this mm-hmm. Zoom communication kind of a thing. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we got guys from uh, the eastern part of uh, North Carolina, two di- two different areas there. Uh, the Cary Apex area and and uh, down the Greenville uh, area. We got a guy from St. Louis. We got a guy from Florida. We got a guy from the Puget Sound area. That you know uh, Tacoma, way up in Washington. We would, if Bing wasn't such a slacker, uh, would have a, you know two guys from Florida uh, on on the podcast. So it's just kind of a cool, uh, cool kind of a thing. Although I will say that we do have a good number of these kinds of meetings all day long. Right. And mm-hmm. we can sometimes in our work and, and certainly even in our F3 lives, right, we can find ourselves up against a challenge like GMO and, and Bono kind of uh, alluded to. They were they were lobbing them up for me to, to you know, take a swing at uh, the, the segue of saying, hey, sometimes burnout is is a real challenge, like a legit challenge that we face uh, as men. And I thought that would be an interesting thing for us to discuss this day because, you know, and part of what, part of what uh, I guess inspired the thought to, to have that be uh, our topic is, you know, GMO was talking last week. uh, I don't remember if it was on a podcast or not, but he and I were talking last week at one point about the, the volume of turnover in the Nantan area, right? And as regions continue to grow and continue to split off and there continue to be more and more Nantans and more and more workouts, this churn of men, we're going to have, you know, just turnover. I mean, you know, guys living out there a year and a half, two years, or however long they decide to, you know, to serve. So the questions that I have for us are, A, how do you know burnout's coming? How do you prepare against it? Um, When do you know it's time to hand off? You know, we could talk a little bit about kind of leadership transition, some of those kinds of things too, but man, oh man, it is, the, the struggle is real. Is it not gentlemen? So
4: real. That's, you know, what's funny is is uh I was having a, a meeting yesterday at church, um, the board chair, and we were talking about burnout. And honestly, the other thing we're burned out of sometimes is burnout of the, all the Zoom calls we do. right? Uh, so just, I think for me, that the idea that came to mind is that Zoom was great when it was new, it was convenient, it was safe, and it was impactful. We could accelerate, we continue to meet. Now it's to the point where it's such a status quo that people are you know they're zooming not really watching not really listening not really participating sometimes not even caring to even log on because it's like hey, it's just a zoom so we're actually talking about switching the status quo and going back to face to face so it's sometimes i think the whole idea of burnout is just this idea of how do we break the status quo or keep things fresh and keep it impactful um sort of interesting sidebar conversation that
2: leads into what we're talking about yeah, no, absolutely. In fact, it's funny how you know you say that. There are guys I know that, like even in F three regions, that are like, "You guys are in the same region. Why are you having a Zoom call? Like, what? what? Come on, man! Like, just go grab a beer or whatever it is y'all do. Like, don't don't do that. Don't do that. It's terrible because I think it actually contributes to the burnout because I think there's a a lack of of energy and, and mm. stuff that you kind of, you know, you experience oh. when you're not in that. You, that
1: you can easily look up on a given day, whether it's mammon F3 or, or all of the above mammon right. side hustles, F3 speaking from personal experience. <laughs> and you can be looking at the potential of like, there's just like five zooms on here. Six yeah. of them. Yeah. That'll, that'll get
2: you. I you're was okay. going to say five, six plus hours a day of right. just blah, 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 into the so
1: right. So the right. Machine. Of the three of the three P's, right you've rewind two years ago, the first one to get hit was that proximity, right? We were always able to have purposefulness. We have always been able to be periodic, right? There are little things that should get in the way, but the proximity to each other is an issue. You're right. I mean, there's something about, you've got to set similar guardrails like you would. So if we're talking just specific to F3, I think sometimes you got to set some similar guardrails, just like you would if you were in your mammon or in your family life in your concentric life, you know, what's what's acceptable, right? Like GMO, where do you draw the line? Like guys, I just can't do this one today. Cause if I do this today and I do it again in three weeks and we do it again, like I'm going to start burning myself out.
5: Yeah. It's kind of funny. I would have maybe a little bit different perspective on the zoom. We were on a sector queue call last week and there was a couple of the sector queues that were saying, you know, this leadership virtually is really hard because we can't be virtual across 70 regions or 10 states. And you know, we just had to sit back and reflect a little bit to say our purposefulness, our mission is a higher calling and recognizing we can't be proximate. What do we need to persevere through that anyway? So I think it's a little bit for me always to focus on what is it that you're trying to accomplish and that it's one of the most important things in your life. And you're willing to not add another P, which is poopy pants, uh, to the uh, to the, to one of the P's, and uh, you know you got to share it. You got to share the weight of what you're going through. But at the same point, it's like, look, guys, let's not forget why we're meeting like this is so that we can maybe take a lunch out. And that's the way we did our SLT locally. 11 to one o'clock on every other Thursday. So we were proximate enough and we were very purposeful um, and we were very periodic because we knew that we wanted to accelerate the region. So we needed to meet every other week because there was enough happening at the time for us to kind of persevere few, through not being able to be together. So he's adding all kinds of peas, persevere,
2: mm-hmm. poopy pants. It's kind of, I mean, it's, it's very alliterative. It's very I alliterative. don't want to
1: be proximate to any poopy pants, quite frankly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> P minus.
5: Mm-hmm. Carry yeah. some big front
1: legs. You yeah. know, I think yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, and you'll hear a theme when I talk on these about sort of driving back to your purpose, you know, and it's easier said than done sometimes because we all get caught in what can be monotonous activities, right? It's pretty easy to get burnout if you're running a company or part of an organization where you've got to deal with budgets and spreadsheets. And like, I know even even guys who love that stuff the most, staring at those things are going to get you, right? But the more that, and whether it's in F3, whether it's in, if you're feeling burned out at work, or even if in the moments of honesty, you're sort of feeling a little bit burned out at home. If you're not returning, which is the one thing that that can happen too, right? I mean, we don't like to say it, but it's a fact. But it's a fact, right? If you're not returning to the ultimate purpose, right? Okay, so why are you, what do you say you do here? Why are you here? If you can't take time to, focus on that you're the only one who can right somebody's not going to wake you up every day and say hey kitty hey brian you know your purpose today is you have to i mean the creator can plant it in there but you have to set that aside i think you've got to take responsibility for that and if you wait for somebody else to pull you out from being burned out they're not going to come get you they're not coming to get you like it's on you biggin and that's a bit of a wake-up call like they're not stacking your calendar up i know people can make requests but you can say no
2: as uh, I don't remember who said it to me, was it you, GMO? I don't remember now. Somebody told me just uh I don't know a week or two ago. They said, "You know, no is a complete sentence."
3: Yeah, and I think you know, Kitty, you stole everything I was about to say there. So uh, I'll only add a little bit there. Hey,
1: but what are you gonna do? What are you, what are you gonna, gonna
3: do? do? Mind meld. Uh, I do want to mention that it is. Sometimes difficult to be proximate in the largest city in the US, Jacksonville, 840 square miles. However, I do think it all comes back to your purpose and knowing when you need to take that smart sack, as we call it in the gloom, uh, knowing when to, uh, you know, know your limits and when to say no to things to say no to some good things because you want to say yes to the best things. Right. I think it's kind of where you're going about sometimes we like to feel busy and overbook our calendars. And then all of a sudden we're kind of out of control because uh, we've overdone ourselves. We've overextended ourselves. And then that's when burnout tends to happen when you're not singularly pulling yourself back into the best things and what your mission is. Right. And that's where uh, if you've written your mission on your heart, actually in this morning, in the gloom, the theme of the workout at hard knocks uh, shout out to left turn was, hey, we got a mission for F3, but do you have a personal mission for your life, right? So it starts there um, and, and knowing your
2: limits and not being afraid to smart sack every once in a while. Mm, noted. You know, I just really quick, I like how Gambino somehow brags and takes some sort of strange credit for the land mass of his city as though he had some sort Except of control over it, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it's the biggest, to, you know, by, uh, you know, square footage um okay yeah no that's that's great i guess anybody could move there and say the same thing okay sorry gobbler go ahead
0: well i think what, what both hello kitty and uh but think are getting at is that burnout when, when you have burnout when you experience burnout you have failed at the task of energy management i mean that's essentially what's going on right and to what hello kitty said is that i can't everyone is unique in how they all kind of that all kind of goes through their life. So the things that add to my to me, the tasks that may energize me may actually deplete someone else and vice versa. So that's why it's really personal. It's why it's very hard to come alongside of a guy sometimes and be like, hey, do this or do that, because I may not know. So a conversation may provide energy and and get me going while the same conversation with the same individual May actually deplete him, and he may need to go back and and recharge because that's just how that person is an introverted person may not find conversation engaging where an extroverted can talk all day and be you know just hunky dory and so it's very personal that doesn't mean that you can't guys in your shield lock can't get to know you and your spouse can't get to know you but it is it is a it is a personal task and it is something you you have to take personal responsibility for. Um, on that, your body doesn't differentiate between types of stress, stress is stress. So you go to five workouts that are an hour and a half each that's stress. It's, it's, a, it's physical stress. Your body has to recover from it, but it's a stress. You go to work, you have stress, you know, you, it, it doesn't matter where the stress comes from. It is stress. And then, and the, the body's reaction to stress is cortisol. And that's just the chemical. That's what goes on in the body. And so you have to take a step back and you have to look at it holistically and say, okay, if I'm going to get after it physically this week it better not be the week that I have 10,000 deadlines at work. Yeah. All right. So if you have that week where you have a lot of deadlines at work, maybe you, like you said, like by the said, maybe that's the week you take Wednesday and you go, okay, I'm going to need a little extra sleep today. Or maybe I, where, where is the AO where they're just doing a nice leisurely jog today? So I can still maintain the daily habit of posting, but I'm going to take. You, every, you won't find an AO like
2: that in the largest city in the world, brother. <laughs>
3: But you might find Broga.
0: You might find Broga. So that's that whole thing. It's like looking across and saying, okay, you know, being intentional about your week, right? If you've got to go out of town and go on a three-day trip, you know, plan that in there and see how it affects everything else at the same time, right? You got to make sure you plan in um, time for your wife and your kids and balance that all out. Because I'm going to tell you, everyone asked me how my trip was back east, and it was I had to take vacation time, but it was not exactly vacation (laughs) when you're traveling with three kids, right? On an airplane and you're hitting multiple states. And so it's kind of that, okay, I did that task. It was a trip. Wasn't really vacation for me. So what am I doing to get that rest and recharge time built into my schedule? And it might not all come in a large chunk. It might come in. That's a,
2: that's a good point. And, and kind of the, you know, this, I mean, a leader is prepared, right? I mean, that's, that's part of what we teach and talk about all the time. Right. And so that, that includes even all the way to, uh, looking ahead at your your week and your month and whatever and trying to plan around that. I think that makes sense. But I mean do you have something there? I saw you holding up Jocko's book. Yeah, just,
3: there's a chapter in Jocko's Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual mm. on good stress and bad stress. I feel like Gobbler was just quoting that or maybe reading straight off the page. I don't know. <laughs> <Never read it. laughs> I mean <laughs> He was a military guy, military man, just like you, Gobbler. So,
0: well, one thing I remember, is I was just like problem. <laughs> I was in a field problem, and we had gotten to the field, and I think I was up. I'd done like three days, twenty hours each, so I got like four, maybe four hours of sleep each day, and I just remember my boss came up to to me and said, "Go to bed." And I, I think I came back to the talk, the talk, the operation center, like ten hours late, like ten hours later or something. Like it's it's ridiculous. And what I learned through that is, you can do a lot in a short period of time, or you can do you do a lot over the the bottom line, eventually your body's going to take its rest. And the key is that it takes its rest when you want it to take its rest, not when you're most needed. And this was a, this was a lesson drilled into me when I was at the National Training Center in the middle of the night, when my body was very close to shutting down. I was like, oh, if I don't, choose when I sleep my body will choose when I sleep and it'll probably be when I am most needed and like when I'm driving am,
2: down the road
0: <laughs> and then I'm not going to be there when people need me so you yeah you have to yeah. pick the time and say okay I'm going to sleep here so that I'm awake or I'm, I'm ready here it's the same thing in life like if, if you don't if you go through burnout if you push yourself to burnout, you are now, you're running a relational, it's going to be relational malpractice because you're not going to be available for your wife and your kids when they most need you.
2: Makes sense to me. Bonnie.
0: you got
4: something? Yeah, I, I was sitting here as you guys were were thinking. I'm like, the underlying thing here seems to be we, we're able to, if we have a purpose, we're able to to roll on. And purpose tends to keep you from getting burnout. out. Um, quote Victor Frankl all the time is, you know, Man search for meaning is he who knows his why can endure almost any how. So if I know why I'm doing it, Simon Sinek talks about start with why. Um you have the one word, what's your your one sort of simplified version of what you're doing, what's your focus for the year. Uh just finished finish three questions for a frantic family that Tommy Boy talked about and stuff worth trying. And that was powerful. Let me tell you what. I now I have to just figure out how to get my M to buy into it, but it's all about how do you have that that context and focus for a family.
2: That's the the fourth question. That is
4: Mm -hmm. how do I get my, (laughs) how do I, right? Uh, That's the third question actually, but, uh, and uh, Rapido talked about essentialism, the discipline pursuit of doing less. How do you focus on saying no to a lot of good stuff? So you can focus on saying yes to the great stuff. Um, there's all these things I'm sitting here just thinking, going through the books I read it and the books that get my my interests now are actually books on this topic. What's the, what's the purpose? What's keeps, what keeps me going because I'm always working hard and drive myself and drive myself. And what keeps me going is that why, and yes, God, where I agree, my body shuts down just like yours. When I work too hard, I don't get to decide.
0: And
2: it tells me. I no doubt. Hey, Gmo, I'd love to hear what you have to say, but you got to come off mute brother. <laughs>
5: <laughs> all right there i go how many times that's like the most used phrased in the last two years you're on mute um you know when you started this off with a question how do you know when burnout is upon you and i've been going through a, a lot recently and when you said most important things what if you've got five or six most important things that are hitting you and the emotion I started to, to have and my shield lock called me out on this was uh, emotional sobriety. I was kind of addicted to my emotions and a lot of them all over the place. And they said, you need to get back to being sober with your emotions and being balanced and your perspective and your priorities. And so they helped me kind of walk through that. Uh, what were my top priorities and hold me accountable to it? So that's the beauty of a shield lock to know that my M was most important, my 2.0s, which I'm calling my parents right now, my workouts, uh, and some men's ministry stuff in my church, and and certainly F3. Um, But it was like the reaction I start to feel when I'm getting burnt out is when somebody comes to me with a problem, or a question, or an idea, or an invite, my response is like, oh, geez, come on, quit ask, you? I don't know, why don't you figure that out? And that's no way to be a high impact man. It's like, I got these things balanced, and I have enough space to uh, accept what you have to give me or what what help you need, um, because I'm keeping, you know, myself in balance. And uh, your heart's big enough to kind of take on a little bit of weight of, of somebody else. I think when you talk about it too much, it can turn people off or turn people away to where, they say, I'm deciding for that guy that he's got too much going on. Therefore, I'm not going to burden him anymore. And I I don't want to be that guy for my family or for my buddies or my community. So for me, it's important to stay uh, emotionally sober.
2: Are you coming at me again, GMO? Because I feel like you just told me that over the weekend.
5: (laughs) That's what I feel like. A couple guys, yeah. All right, all right. Does it make sense?
2: I think it does. I like the term emotional sobriety. It's like, you got to get off the sauce uh, of, of the up and down. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of like step out of the flux. Like, you know, the way I think about it sometimes, if you, if you were a Finding Nemo uh, fan, um, I don't know, your kids are a little older, so maybe you didn't watch it as much as I um, was blessed to, Uh, (laughs) but uh, you know, the, the, the turtles, you know, sea turtles are in the, the East Australian current, you know, and they're, they're just going and it's like, ah, it's taking them wherever. And sometimes, you know, you just got to kind of like, man, I just got to jump out of here, man, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and sort of exit the flux, right?
5: Or addicted to being popular, addicted to being a problem solver, addicted to offering your opinion all the time. You know, it's, it's what you can get addicted to wanting to be burnt out too, because then you're too busy really to do anything else, right? You stay in mediocre because you're too busy all the time
3: yeah i think that a excuse. lot
5: of
3: yeah and a lot of guys struggle with that sort of like a shiny object syndrome you know liking being busy liking that next challenge and they get overwhelmed and i say a lot of guys i'm speaking about myself here uh as well and some tactics that i found helpful especially in the workplace and, and in life um I use that urgent and important matrix that Dwight Eisenhower came up with a long time ago because I can get really sucked into the tyranny of the urgent. And that I find burns me out really, really fast and pretty hard too, to where I might, you know, have a really crazy week and then I'm down for a week, right? I'm just, I'm not sleeping well, not getting up early. And then, you know, that can turn into a downward spiral. So really mapping things out about, hey, is this urgent? Is this important? If it's not, it needs to be either delegated to someone else or it needs to be delayed for the future. It can just wait, you know, and take care of those things that are in that first quadrant in the upper left-hand corner. Things like your your concentrica, your your family, your M, you know, your job. you got to have your priorities straight, really. And again, it goes back to your why and your mission um, in order to keep all those things in alignment.
0: So, so to answer your question, no, I don't know Andrew Hooperman there uh, about it being, but uh, he sounds like a great guy. Um, but, you know, one of the things is like just like knowing your strengths and your weaknesses. So for me, um, I don't like the um, the military terms called current operations, but basically it's like those things that are going on right now, the things that have to be solved in the next 24, 72 hours. I don't like those type of things. Um, I mean, I can do them, obviously, but it's it takes a lot out of me. I much prefer to be on the planning side of things because I, I believe that if you do the do the work, make a good plan, execute a good plan, you do you do that, you're not going to have as many firefighting, you know, fires that you have to put out. Right. And so I much prefer, would much prefer to hire someone to do that for me because it takes so much out of me that I'm when I get home, I'm just I'm, I'm nothing. But if I spend a whole day doing planning activities, I can do that all day and it doesn't take a lot out of me. And so it's partly just knowing yourself. So what's urgent, what's important and all that, like that's a little bit about who you are as a person and what what you're good at. And then it comes back to this idea of delegation that if you're burnt out, you know, one of the things maybe you have to ask yourself is, are you delegating enough? Or are you trying to hoard stuff and keep to yourself? And then once you delegate it, are you truly delegating it? Or are you like coming over the back of the guy who you asked to do it and like trying to direct him? Okay, like, hey, go write this for me, and then you're going to move his hand for you. That's not delegation. That's micromanagement, right? Yeah. So, th- there's that idea that, like, are you truly delegating, it, and have you given the responsibility, or are you still holding on to it, even emotionally, and holding on to that stress, and and keeping that possibility of failure inside, you know, to you? Yeah. Where you you're basically still doing the task. You're still dealing and and. I guess, holding on to the, the task mentally and emotionally.
2: Yeah. Dred, Dread said something to me over the weekend. Uh, and and I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but he said, you know, you either got to trust the man or fire the man. Those are, you know, I was like, mm, it's a good, it's a good point. Right. And, and if you're not allowing uh, guys to take things from you, like God was talking about like truly delegating, not just like, Oh, will you do this? Have you done it yet? What, wait, what are you doing to do that? Well, can I help you? And, you know, like if you just hand it off and let it, let it just be what it is, right? Then, um, and, and if you're worried about it, give more specific instruction or something maybe, but you can't just sit there the whole time. And because I, I wonder if that's part of what happens, in F3, right? Whether it's a a guy in a leadership position. So let's say a Nantan is is taking too much on himself and trying to run too much and direct too much of the action and that sort of thing. And he's not giving clear direction and letting guys, you know, do kind of their jobs, if you will. Um, Or, you know, is it, is it um, a, a, a situation where they, they try and take too much on, or they don't give clear enough direction. So they have to take too much on you know, because they're not really giving guys a uh, like clear understanding of what the vision is and what they want done or, or whatever. So I guess, how do you, how do you, A, see it coming? Like, can you see this coming? Can you feel it? Like anybody here been uh, um, uh, burnt out before? Yeah. I, I mean, we can't see a raise of hands, but uh, everybody here has nodded or, or in some fashion or other said, you know, look, I'm not, and tired is one thing, right? I mean, we all get tired and we all get worn down. Worn down is one, you know, I think different than being like burnt out. Worn down is just like, man, I got, I got sleep and I'll get back at it. Burnt out is like, I don't have anything left. I, it, thinking about this makes me want to cry. No, that's, that's how I view it, you know, and I, I recognize when I'm getting truly burnt out is when I'm looking and going, I, I, I uh, just thinking about this makes me want to go to sleep now.
1: So I think know? there's some real importance in there in that language then too. helmet. And as a leader in ensuring that you're verbalizing it appropriately, then also, I think also the same with other people around you too. Cause if everybody's talking about burnout and burnout and burnout and burnout burn burn and everybody really means they're tired you kind of dilute what actual real burnout means. And I think it's okay to admit uh, when you're tired and you need some rest, but if you're feeling burnout, then there's largely, there's probably larger issues at play, right? If I'm tired, just getting some sleep is a pretty easy solution. If I'm burned out, I'm not purpose-driven. I'm not mission-driven, right? There's something a little bit larger at play. So, so there's also just a realization. And then look, me we're going to sound like a, a, a repeating recording here, but get with your shield lock and discuss what you're going through or get with your M and openly discuss with her, what you're going through or get with the people that you are, your trusted advisors or your mentor and have a real, here's what's happening with me. X, Y, Z. What, what do you think you're around me enough. What do you think? Yeah, man, yeah. it looks like you're tired. Yeah, man, it looks like you're leading towards being burnout on this specific issue. I think that's an important thing because you might not always realize it yourself.
2: Yeah, my it's funny you say it, like my shield lock now. I don't even have to hardly feel it, right? Like, are, or, no. or or acknowledge it myself, right? Like I can walk in because we meet yeah. every Friday morning pretty religiously. We've missed mm-hmm. a few here and there, and you know, obviously. You know some weeks one guy or or, or so is gone just you know, vacation or this or yep. you know whatever you know life throws at you but generally speaking we've been meeting enough now and communicating enough in our slack you know message and and you know text and all the things right that if I walk in they I mean they can almost tell by the way I sit down at the table they're like oh apparently you're going first this week you know like <laughs> you know because they could they can tell us so I think if you're doing that right I think I think that is a, a really powerful way to sort of uh, catch it before it gets yeah. too bad or, or, you know, before it goes really off the rails, but I'm wondering, you know, and I think Gobbler kind of alluded to this a little bit too, you know, sort of that idea of preparedness, you know, I'm wondering like, you know, as, as we start making the the stuff worth trying manual, you know, a little more robust and some of this kind of stuff and, and Bono is developing all these, uh, sort of succession documents, you know, for the different, um, leadership, uh, roles and things like that within F3, you know, like, I'm wondering if like the day you take the job, it should be like, as part of the, the quote, unquote, you know, swearing, swearing in ceremony, it's like, uh, you know, I will do my best to serve, blah, 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 blah. I recognize that at some point in about six months, I will feel completely burnt out and I'm going to mitigate against that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think you have to almost acknowledge that no matter what you do, because look, as high impact men, we're serving in leadership positions. A lot of us, you know, in F3, um, we may have some degree of leadership that we're involved in at work. Um, you know, you heard GMO and Bada Bing both, uh, and and Gobbler has referenced it many times. And Kitty has a side hustle, and you know, these guys have stuff they're doing at church uh, and other—I mean, incredibly worthy pursuits. But but we do—we get asked. Like they look and they go, "Those guys are freaking competent." And I'm looking around at a big sea of mediocrity and incompetence. And even though we may only be a click or two above that, right? It's still above, you know, it's looking and going, these guys can probably get it done. We're just going to heap more on them. And some of us uh, have a bad tendency to go, well, if not me, then who? All right, fine. I guess I'll, I'll do that too, you know? And, and it's hard to figure out which things you let die and, and, mm. and fall on the toilet. So I'm wondering if an acknowledgement comes at the very beginning of your service and whatever that thing may be. You know, is there a way to kind of build guardrails uh, around it? And or, you know, like Galber was talking about, really looking at, okay, what does delegation look like? What would this really sound and smell like?
0: So first of all, I think, I personally believe that the, 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 the going through that point where you almost fall apart because you've taken too much on yourself, Is an important. I think eighty percent of men have to go through that in order to learn how to delegate. It's just my opinion. I firmly believe that, uh, and this is why the army does it: is that you have to heap so much upon a man that it it forces him to delegate. That that if you don't do that, the average man will not learn how to do it. Some people will. Some people are natural delegators. I'm just saying that for a lot of us, for me, like I had to have forced upon me. Right. Yeah, I don't know many. That's how we learn some of the best things in life. Is when it's like a you either learn it or you die type situation, you know, in some way, shape, or form. Okay, that's
2: extreme, but go on.
0: But you get my point, like caveman logic. You are you are left no other option, right? Um, So there is that idea, and I think as nantan, you know, if you go through nantan, that might happen to you, and that's okay. The question is, what do you do when you get to that point? Do you double down and refuse, and to be and you be prideful and you don't admit it, or do you grow through it? Okay. The other thing I would say is that, um, to, and this is to you know, if you're listening and you are younger, the the woman you choose will be very important in this, because there are people in your life who will add to you and will help you, and there are people who will take away from you, and you may marry one of the latter, and if you do, you are in for a very long haul. And you have nothing and you're going to struggle with that. seems like you have some personal experience you'd like to, to know. I, no, I, <laughs> I don't need to don't know, share, take it, but the bottom line is, yes, I was, I was married to a woman like that for a while and it is very difficult. Um, You know, it is, it, it makes it very, very hard to serve. It makes it very, it makes it very hard to do anything other than the bare essentials. Okay. Cause it takes up all that sp- space in your life and you don't become what I believe, you know, scripture wants you to be. So, you're not married, okay. If you are and you're married to someone like that, I'm sorry, I get I don't know what to tell you. You're gonna have to figure your way through that. There's a whole host of, of ways, you know, figure out what you're gonna do. But if you're not married, you know, look at the person you're dating or look at the people you date. Are you dating people that are taking from you and are not giving to the relationship? Or are you are you dating someone that makes you feel um and become the best version of yourself. Yeah. And, and even
2: if, you know, I would, I would say it's, it's <laughs> bada bang. I agree that the crazy hot matrix is key in this situation. And if you haven't seen that video packs uh, just, just Google or a uh, YouTube search uh, for crazy hot matrix and you'll, you'll see it. And it's definitely worth the watch. Um But uh you know, expanding that out, even like yes, it's a different kind of relationship, obviously, but if you're choosing an SLT or if you're bringing guys around you and they are those kinds of people, whether you're not married to them, but you're in a relationship with them of some kind. Right. And if you're finding yourself around those kinds of people, then you really have to start looking and going, you know, these people probably fill someone else up with a different personality or, or something, but they're killing me. And you have to, I think you might have to make a decision about, you know, how much you love everybody right but are you gonna hang out with everybody that's that's a that's a that's a question i think that has to be answered go ahead gmo
5: i was just going to say you know too uh, are you directing or are you leading um and i think as an f3 you know nantan or any if you're you know like some of the regions they have you know a slt for their first second and third f and and their expansion teams so if you're a leader are you being selfish in a way that you are trying to be efficient and you're trying to give all the answers and directing, and then you've got to follow up with it and you've got to care about it more, you know, are you really trying to lead where you're being more curious and asking them what do they think, or what do you think if this would happen or how can I help you? Um, It's just a, a different way to lead. I think with love for not just in a way yourself, right. But also for the other man to develop, and also, I think if Nantans are burnt out, I don't know that they're delegating and I'm concerned that they're not making it fun. So then you've got the sua leader issue where nobody wants to do what you're doing because of the weight and the burnout, you're not having fun. So if you're not having fun being a Nantan or a leader, in F3, that's a, that's a concern, right? Because it's gonna be difficult for us to accelerate as a nation
3: yeah and I think I learned this lesson all the time with my kids but yesterday I was you know doing some trimming on the bushes in the yard and I gave my son some of the loppers and told him to go in between the house and the bushes and I got back there and I'm showing him how to do it trying to you know hey you only want to cut these you don't want to go too thin you know we don't want people to be able to see through the bushes but uh, I got a, a little comment from the other side saying hey you're micromanaging. And the reality was I wanted it to be just perfect. And you know what, sometimes you just got to let it be delegate and know it's not going to be perfectly as you see it perfect, but the job's going to get done and that's okay. And, um, those are little lessons I learned with, with my, 13 uh, year old, but they also apply to work and, uh, you know, in the gloom Yep. And so just yeah. remember that, you know, it doesn't always have to be exactly perfect or exactly the way you would do it. In some ways, it might come out even, be- even better than you had planned.
1: We've already uh, quoted How I Met Your Mother, I think, once on this show, right? The Crazy Hot Matrix, if I remember correctly. I believe that's what that reference was from, um, for sure, a Barney Stinson thing. But also, if you remember that show, there's like a thing where if you get screamed at at work, then you go home and you scream at somebody. Right. And the scream thing keeps going. Well, if you're getting burned out as a leader and you pass that on to the people inside your environment, community, organization, family, church, whatever, then then they'll likely start feeling those similar feelings as well. So, I mean, you've got to set the tone from the top. And and that might be as simple as a Nantan saying, I plan to serve for X amount of time. And I hope to accomplish these three major things while I'm here. I'm asking my SLT to hold me accountable on that. And if I start to vary away from that, I'm asking them to bring me back to it. And and then you're able to lead from a position of uh, being proactive, right? Having accountability from others and not sort of pass along the screen. Right to where you scream at a packs and he screams at his dog or whatever. Like you, you've got some level of- It's a, it's a pay it forward. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'm paying it that's, forward. <laughs> that's right. It's a way to look at it, but it's gotta be something like that. And then look, I mean, you've got to, uh, you gotta leverage your technology and you gotta leverage all the great resources around you, whether that's setting yourselves reminders, whether that's bringing scripture into your life, whether that's pulling out all these incredible quotes from you here, these guys that hopefully can keep you mission driven right and and if you continue to feel like bam once every year or so i just feel like i'm getting burned out you're going to have to probably take some sort of radical movement to get away from that what is a what and you're going to have to evaluate like what can i do you don't have to do it on your own there's a lot of resources out there but what can you do to jar yourself or to change that habit if you if it's constantly happening
2: that's a a really good question
5: I think last week we ended up with a question like what rule would you change if you could, I'm just curious from you guys, what is your personal burnout buster? <laughs> How do you not, bust? Not I think I have one of those at Dairy buster. Queen.
1: Oh, wait, that's a peanut buster. <laughs> oh, is that what that is?
5: Okay. Parfait. How do you parfait your burnout? What do you guys got? Uh,
2: you know, it's funny that you, I, I, I was talking to my wife over the weekend and, and she said a couple of things. And then I said, you know, you're, you're kind of right. It, it does make sense. Like, one of the things that I have developed over time, uh, I've always been a little bit this way. And it just is part of my nature. And I never really thought about it. uh, But in much the same way that I have, uh, I suffer from sports ambivalence. You know, like I just, it's not that I dislike sports. I love them. I'll watch them anytime, invite me over. I'm happy to do it. Right. I just don't care, you know, who wins. It doesn't matter to me. Like, it's just not interesting to me. I, I I think it's fun to watch, but I don't. You know, I'm not going to get twisted up if the you know whomever doesn't beat whomever, right? So in a in a similar way, she was making the comment that I'm like, there that there are qualities that she appreciates uh, that I have that, or that I guess that I don't have um, that other men have. <laughs> and one of those was just says you you never stop, uh, you never um, feel bad about asking directions, and I was like, I guess that's true, yeah, yeah. Like I I mean like why would I why would I continue lost? Uh, you know, when I because I know my limitations when it comes to uh, navigation. I'm terrible. Like it's really bad. Um, the day that like GPS was, you know, available on your phone, I was like, what a world we live in. This is amazing, you know. And um, and so I think part of it is one of the one of the busters that I have is I've I'm starting to recognize even better all the time, right? It's I'm developing this as a skill and recognizing, oh, I'm headed down the crapper. And then raising my hand and just saying, hey anybody and and sometimes it's as simple as you well know gmo uh it's as simple as just barfing on another man you know and just letting it all out and being like hey this is all the stuff that's you know driving me nuts and then after i do it i'm like oh okay i feel a little better thanks you know and, and now i kind of have my clearer head and i know what to do and i'll be fine you know or maybe it's uh you know a little more extreme right and i have to like raise my hand and go okay so you know, uh, it's like a carrying a bag on a grow rock right? Okay, somebody take this off me now. You know, yeah, I've, I've gone exactly. as far as I can I can't with this. Go any further. Yeah, I'm done. If somebody doesn't take this, I'm just going to throw it on the ground and then I don't care if it gets there or not. It doesn't matter to me, right?
1: Yeah, more so, times than not, there's a guy right there. like I-, I got it. I'll take it. Almost always. Almost always,
2: right? And so, and, and in my case, you know, obviously we're not literally carrying the bag, but a lot of times it's you guys, right? I raise my hand and I go, hey, I, I can't focus on this. Gobbler knows. Uh, I can't focus on this uh, GMO knows, right. I, I, I have no brain power to give this. So, um, I need your help to either talk me through it and get some sort of plan together or just take it away from me altogether. Uh, and so that's, that's one of the things now it's, I think it's, uh, being in tune with your feelings and knowing that you're headed off the cliff. And before you get there, just like, bro, just ask for the directions. Like why you want to drive around for an hour being like, ah, I can't get to the left. Right.
1: You know what <laughs> the, I, the one yeah. thing I've, one of the, I mean, I, I think one of the greatest thing about F3 is I've had so much um, hope and humanity restored because of these men, like these guys, you guys listening, the men that, that believe this thing, that put that F3 shirt on, that live it out. They're waiting to help. All they want to do is help people. They're like, they're like, I'm just waiting. Who, I got a truck. Who needs something to move? Who, like they're waiting for you. You've got, you're going to have to probably initiate a little bit of movement at the beginning. I need help. You'll have 15 guys ready to help you tomorrow. Like they're waiting to, they are waiting to help you. You can't keep it in. You can't bring it in. You can't keep it all to yourself. You got to get to talking. You got to get to asking. It's, the, it's okay. like, you got to get moving on that. Right, Bono? You got yeah, to that, ask that, them.
4: That, that's one of the things I think right there, what you said when GMO asked, what do you, what's your buster? when you get in the, the personal burnout thing, for me, it's that whole idea of, of vulnerability. The reason we have a circle of trust is it's a space for men to be vulnerable. And what Brene Brown says and, and the special forces operator she was talking to confirmed is that you cannot have a moment of bravery without complete vulnerability. And so the idea I remember sinking in quicksand uh, about two years ago, I did it two years in a row because I was dumb and didn't figure it out the first time, but in 2018, 2019, and at the metaphor I used was sinking in quicksand to the point where I was in a really bad space. Um, and I think what Brene Brown talks about is a lot of times I'd armor up. I'm good. I'm fine. I can do this. And I would just fight my way out because I'm a short little dude with big ears. And whenever I come up to a problem, I just fight my way out. That's the way I've been successful most of the time. Uh, but what I found is when you load up with armor, all you do is sink faster in quicksand. And when I'm taking it out on my family, the people I love, the people at work, then that doesn't work. And so it finally was, I think it was 2019. We were running up College Hill, which is the only hill in Greenville, North Carolina. Um, and next to string Bean and just started talking to him. Uh he's a guy I've known from the beginning. He's one of the brothers I love, and just talking to him point blank and um just wrote it out and talked to him about that. And that I think was one of the key things. So if you want to avoid burnout, that's why we have this the circle of trust, man. You don't know how many guys have been completely and utterly vulnerable in that circle and how much love they get from that and how that is a way to avoid burnout. Um, so as you guys were talking, I'm like, that's sort of the thing for me of what's what's the way I get out of it is Complete and utter vulnerability, and as Brene Brown talks, calls it bravery. So that makes me feel a little bit better about it.
1: Yeah, maybe a, you maybe you're not like. Well, I really don't want to say this in front of these twenty dudes. <laughs> then grab one or two, right? You got to get proximate with somebody.
3: Yeah, to roll with that theme, I think uh, for me, sometimes it's this fear of failure, and I'll take on more and more and more, and I, I want to keep adding pieces of armor and I'm going to be able to make it through and I'm just going to work harder. And uh, it adds up, it stacks up. And then you come to realize, wait a second, you know, I don't have to have it all together. I know it feels like, and I'm believing the lie that I need to put on a certain face and look like I have it all together. But with the guys in F3, you don't have to have it all together. You have brothers waiting for you to carry the load, to bear the burden with you. You have to remind yourself of that. And I just remind myself, you know, what's the point if I'm not gonna let guys in and help ask them to help bear my burdens mm-hmm. um it, rather than trying to do it all on my own. Because when I do it on my own, the reality is I'm probably gonna fail in one area. And in a lot of cases, sometimes, you know, that can be your marriage or your family or your job. It doesn't matter, it could be you're gonna fail. And so, you know, being vulnerable is key. Um, you know, and and in passing some of that burden to, to other men who are willingly there to carry it. Uh, as you said, uh, Doa.
0: What do you got gobbler? Uh, well, so if I am really, you know, if I'm looking for an activity just to get away, um, I will jump on my bike and go live off my bike for a week. Um, nothing. Uh, the last time I did that, it uh, it definitely put things in perspective. There's nothing like getting out and um, uh it, the world becomes a little more simpler when it's all you're doing is planning your, your way from one place to the next and you have to get there, you have to get water, you have to get the food, you just bring it back down to the bare necessities and uh, and everything else just kind of goes away. Um, I was also thinking, you know, of all the other, you know, that's a big thing, but there's also just so many little things that I guess I that I just do out of um, habits these days, you know, like the fact that I get up and, and lift weights in the morning, that is just something I have found that is very um, beneficial to relieve the stress. Mm. However, I've also found that not all weightlifting does it. <laughs> so I have to do- Lots that. only. Yeah. So so I have to look at, uh, go, okay, how have I been going? Am I dealing with injuries? Am I dealing with, what, what am I dealing with? How, where is my life? Uh, is this a period in my life that I can pursue a one rep max, for example, okay? Because you, I've learned that- um, I can't always do that depending on what's going on in my life. And so I may have to take a, an appetite suppressant and just focus on, Hey, I'm just going to do good quality reps. Doesn't don't even worry about it. Right. So those are things that definitely got to balance at the same time, you know, having good quality time with, with my wife. Um, We were able to go out on a date this past um, Friday night or Saturday night. And, but then there's so many things that lead up to prepare for that, right? So it's like, oh, where are we going to go tonight? Well, we have a list of places we want to try. We just pick one and go, right? So it's all this there's a, you know, I look at it, there's all this preparation that goes into making the little things effective. And I think a lot of times, like, I think we as men just forget that, okay, maybe you can't do that item that you want to do right now, but what can you do so that if you get the opportunity that you can go do it? And I think we don't put enough stock in those, um, those things that you can just just go do and 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 kind of bleed off some stress. Whether it's grabbing coffee after a workout, I think honestly, you're taking the opportunity to talk to a guy while you're rucking, um, those little things matter. And um, I think a lot of times we we don't we don't put stock in them because they're just oh that's it, matter. It's just it's just a little thing, but oh, they add up and they kind of keep you going through the day until you can get to those big stress relieving moments i like it gmo what's your buster
5: my buster is uh it's my it's my prayer life um you know it's uh all of the stuff that i'm worried about is for the here and now and and if i have a a higher purpose a higher place i'm trying to get my family myself and my friends to it kind of puts things in perspective here so um Mm -hmm. The more stressed, the more burned out I am, the more prayer time, the more time I spend at church. And, you know, honestly, what we're describing here is I believe, you know, God is found in communion. It can be in communion as Catholics may know it in the Eucharist, or it's going to be communion in these conversations that we have with each each other. The voice of God saying, you are good. You are fine. Here's what you need to stop doing. You got to do better at this. Um, I, I just, uh, and I, I said this to you, Doa, when we talked last is like, I ask a guy when he's burned out. I like, what's your prayer life? Like, um, what's your conversations looking like with the people around you?
1: What's that internal dialogue? Like, so, so set yourself up, like guys, you've the ability to set yourself up for those things. So when you're feeling stressed, have things at the ready, like open up a note in your phone. And keep some sayings or some scripture in there that can you can reference quickly to help you reset that perspective. Oh my God, I'm so stressed. I'm feeling burned out. Well, you know what? You can't worry about tomorrow. Today's got its own issues, right? So why don't you worry about what you're doing today? And oh, by the way, I can promise you, you're going to have trouble tomorrow. But be of good heart because that trouble's going away because I've overcome the world. Right? The world's full of trouble, so I can stack those things up. Like the I can collaboration
2: know. of uh, Matthew I, boom, six to, for John Matt to John John boom, <laughs>
1: we're boom, boom, boom. But I keep that here, right? I keep that here so I can pull it out. Or if I'm talking to a guy who's like, oh my God, I'm so worried about everything going on. Hey, brother, first of all, I hear you. Let's talk it out. Before we do that, just remember this. And then if I know he's a a Christian like me, right? If I bring that, okay, you're right. Okay. Let me reset a little bit. All right. Now let's dig into what's really bugging you to have those things ready.
3: Yeah. 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 Uh, I I had heard the quote, you know, uh, it's better to speak truth to yourself than to listen to yourself. Right. And I know, uh, talking to yourself in some circles means that you've got, maybe you got to screw loose or you're uh, a bit crazy, but if you've got scripture on your brain and you've got a mission
2: on your mm-hmm. brain, you speak truth to yourself rather than listening to yourself and your feelings. Well, as I have said before about a Bing, uh, in six years of higher education in psychology, I feel like the only thing I ever learned was that there's, <sighs> The people who know they're crazy and the people who don't know they're crazy—those are the only two kinds of people in the world. So I don't—I don't worry too much about all of it. But uh, I'll say this: uh, just as we as we kind of end up here, one uh, other last thought that I would kind of throw out there is, don't be afraid a little bit to embrace the chaos. You know, part of that chaos is part of what teaches us the things that we're supposed to learn, so that we can become what we're supposed to become. And besides, gentlemen, as we end uh, this podcast, uh, if it was easy. We wouldn't need leaders.
0: hi
2: see you next week. Thanks for listening to the 43 feet podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, And share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there, 43 feet at a time.